All right, everybody, we've made it. It is Friday, August 18th. Congratulations. We're down another week here. You're listening to the Mo News Podcast. I'm Mosh Wanunu as we head into another weekend. I feel like you're very chipper uh, today, Mosh. Uh, good morning, everybody. I am Jill Wagner. This is the place where we bring you just the facts. And we read all the news and read between the lines so you don't have to. It's just, it's a good feeling getting to a Friday. <laughs> it you know? is. I agree with you. <laughs> especially after a long week. I know you traveled this week and uh, a lot of news as always. Yeah, as we now put together a weekly news quiz over for our Mo News Premium members on the Instagram account, uh, it really has you realize very quickly how much we've learned this week, how much has happened, because then we try to consolidate it to you know a few questions. We're trying to keep it challenging per the guidance. So those of you interested in participating in the weekly Mo News Quiz, we're doing it over on the premium Instagram account. You can join over at mo.news to join premium monthly annual lifetime. We have lots of options. There's a trial for free 30 days with the uh, code. It's simple, Mo News Trial. So most inexplicably, I somehow managed to get one of the answers wrong, one of the questions wrong um, for last week's quiz, even though I helped. Oh, no. In last week's inaugural news quiz. I helped design the quiz and come (laughs) up with the questions. Jill, that's how challenging it's getting. (laughs) Even you got one wrong. It was the Voyager question. It was the what year did um, did that Voyager um, launch? And I had a different 1970s. I think I I said 74 and it was 77 or reversed. 77. Yeah, we're debating this week whether you'll have to remember a date or not. We're going to we're finalizing it as we put this pod together. So clearly I would vote no. I think it's more about the comprehension of the story. Okay, Um, that feedback is important. (laughs) We take that very seriously at the Mo News Quiz. Again, if you want to partake, join us over at mo.news slash premium and you'll get access to that extra Instagram account. All right, let's get to some headlines here. It is getting harder to buy a home. Mortgage rates now at the highest level in 20 years and home prices keep going up. In Hawaii, the death toll from the Maui fires is now above 110 and experts are warning that toxic chemicals from the fire could last years. In Canada, wildfires are forcing all 20,000 residents in one area to evacuate. And sticking with extreme weather, Hurricane Hillary could bring significant rain and flooding to the southwestern United States, possibly as soon as this weekend. Yes, you heard that right. Southwestern U.S., like California, Arizona, uh, Nevada, uh, hurricane. We'll tell you how rare that is. On to politics. We're less than a week from the first GOP presidential debate. One candidate's debate strategy somehow leaked online. And there are still questions about whether Donald Trump will be a no-show. He's not showing up. (laughs) Can't hear the dialogue in your streaming show. You're certainly not alone. This has made me feel better because I do the closed captions. And I I think uh, it sounds like a lot of other people do, too. We are also a closed caption house (laughs) over here in Brooklyn. In entertainment news, it is Splitsville for Britney Spears and Sam Asghari after just one year of marriage. And the U.S. women's soccer coach reportedly resigning after the team's very early World Cup exit. Plus, it is Friday, what we are watching, reading, and eating this weekend. Jill, I'm excited to tell you about a new ice cream brand we found over at the grocery store. Of course you did. 
All right, home ownership getting increasingly out of reach for many Americans. This week, mortgage rates jumped to their highest level in more than two decades. The average interest rate on a 30-year fixed-rate mortgage climbed to 7.09%, the highest level since 2002, according to Freddie Mac. And this makes it substantially more expensive for many people to buy a home. Uh, Doing some math here, these numbers actually from NPR. If a house costs $350,000 today, and a buyer just say put 20% down, their monthly mortgage payment would be about $1,880. Now compare that to two years ago, just two years ago in 2021, interest rates were then below 3%. The monthly payment would be about $1,200. So that's about $700 less that a homeowner would be paying a month. That is a lot of money. Yeah, annualize that, Jill. You're talking about an extra $9,000 a year. Uh, in your house payments just based on the current mortgage rates. And then times it by 30. Um, Anyway, the chief economist at the National Association of Home Builders, he tells NPR that just a lot of buyers have simply been priced out. He says if you don't access the bank of mom and dad to get that down payment, it is very challenging. It comes as the Federal Reserve continues to raise interest rates as a way to tame sky-high inflation And even though inflation is finally leveling off, as we have talked about on this podcast, the housing market apparently didn't get the memo. Yeah, Jill, and in your example there, you used a $350,000 home. Right now, the average existing home is $410,000. That's also uh, one of the highest uh, numbers they've been tracking in more than two decades now. The thinking for most economists was that as mortgage rates went up, it would force sellers to lower the price of homes. And that has happened to a certain extent. They're on average 13% lower than their peak last year. But still, when you compare it to even just before COVID, house prices right now are still 26% higher than they were in early 2020. So despite the mortgage rates climbing, home prices still higher than expected. So you're paying more for a house and you're paying more when it comes to that loan. The reason? Well, simple. There just aren't a lot of homes on the market. And so that housing shortage, just enough haven't been built, uh, means that we're dealing with this uh, peculiar situation of high rates and still high prices. The other big thing, people who are already in a home don't want to give up their current low mortgage rate. I mean, remember, for a decade, you were basically, we were living in the 2 to 3% range for mortgage rates. And so if you have that rate, you don't want to sell and pick up one of these 7% rates. So the resale inventory is about half of what it should be. That has meant that a new home uh, building is picking up a bit but still out of reach for many, many Americans. According to the National Association of Realtors, there are only about 1 million single-family homes on the market right now. Before the pandemic, there were about 2 million homes. Uh, Just to give you perspective, that's the lowest, our current number, in 25 years. Okay, so the reason that all of this matters, besides it just being incredibly frustrating, if you're one of those people looking to buy a house, especially a first-time home buyer, is that home ownership is one of the best ways to build long-term wealth. And everyone who is priced out of owning a home is basically going to be forced to rent, which means the rental market also staying extremely expensive. That factors into high inflation. And that high inflation forces the Fed to raise interest rates, which pushes up mortgage rates, and the cycle continues. Yeah, and to deal with this housing shortage in many places is a not a several week thing, not a several month thing, a several year thing, a concerted effort to just build up housing inventory. And of course, there are some people 
uh, who that goes against their economic objectives. And so that's something, you know, we're going to be watching here, but this is a reality that we live in. A number of people asking us on Instagram, Jill, when are they going to go down? How long do I need to wait this out? Right now, if you look at the main groups that predict mortgage rates over the next 18 months through the end of next year, it looks like we're still living in the sixes, maybe the high fives, but probably the low sixes. Uh, and then the reality beyond 2024 is back to 5% mortgage rates. Uh, most economists, banks, et cetera, saying the days of 2 to 3% interest rate, they ain't coming back anytime soon. We're talking several years now. Uh, keep in mind the way that mortgage rates are determined, complex, not just directly tied to interest rates, as in the Fed interest rates. It's also tied to inflation. It's tied to job growth. It's a complex um, set of factors that tie into it, which makes it a bit stickier here. But we'll just have to live in this reality now where if you didn't get one of those 2 to 3% mortgage rates, you probably will never see that day again. And so you just have to live in the reality where maybe your deal will come in the low sixes or fives uh, when you are able to build up the down payment to buy a house. Okay, now to an update on the fires in Hawaii. There are now more than 110 people confirmed dead on the island of Maui. About 40% of the area has been searched so far, but that means 60% has not. So uh, unfortunately, uh, the death toll will likely continue to climb. Most of the fires are now 80 to 90% contained. Electricity has been restored to about 80% of the customers who lost power. Uh, but a new warning that the toxic aftermath of the fires could last for years as Lahaina residents slowly go back to the area to see what's left of their homes. Unfortunately, they have to make their way through hazardous debris and chemicals. Yeah, and that's one of the reasons why the uh, officials there are not letting everyone go back to certain areas. They need to make sure that it's safe. This is something I've also heard from California residents who follow us on Mo News. Uh, who've been dealing with some of these uh, wildfires, including that Paradise Fire that was the deadliest uh, in a century until the one in Maui. One of the issues also when it comes to learning the death toll, learning the identities, will be DNA matching. It's difficult given uh, the burned out areas to be able to determine the identities of the bodies. They're asking family members, uh, loved ones of the missing to submit DNA evidence so they can try to engage in matching here, which will be a long process. And there's still about a 1,000 people missing right now. So let's hope that number comes down as communication networks get back up. In the meantime, FEMA has launched a website to dispel myths. Uh, we've been talking about some of the conspiracy theories that are out there, um, a lot of distrust of the government. One rumor claims that if survivors apply for disaster assistance, FEMA can confiscate your land. That is false. They want to make sure people know that. Another rumor is that FEMA and the Red Cross are confiscating donations of wildfire aid. Also false. So they want to get that information out there because it is hampering uh, the rescue efforts and the effort uh, to engage with some of the survivors here. Jill, I've been monitoring the uh, local news in Hawaii. They're trying to get uh, accountability from state officials, their local officials, for why the sirens didn't blare that could have served as a warning for people that this fire was fast moving. The local officials in Maui this week defending the decision not to uh, put on the sirens. They claim that if they turn on the sirens, people are programmed to run for the hills because they think it's a tsunami. And so that's their excuse for not blaring the siren. Now, a lot of Hawaiians reached out to our account saying, we're smarter than running into the fire state officials. Like the siren would have given us an alert level and maybe had more people run into the ocean. And so this is just the beginning of this debate. Uh, and given the lawsuits, you're going to probably be hearing more about it.
And another fire that we're watching in Canada, all 20,000 residents of the northern city of Yellowknife were ordered to evacuate by noon today. Crews are trying to prevent a fire from reaching the capital of the Northwest Territory. So they're cutting down trees and just taking other measures here. But making matters worse, there is just a two lane road out of Yellowknife um, to the province of Alberta to the south. It's about 335 miles away. Yeah, this is a very remote region of Canada. Looking on a map, it's basically plunk in the middle up there in the north uh, and huge. One of the issues they have in fighting this is just how remote this region is. It's also one of the reasons why they don't engage in force management up there because there's just so few people, which is exacerbating the problem. This is a reminder that this is Canada's worst ever wildfire season, about 52,000 square miles have been burned so far. There's more than six times the average. There are more than a thousand active fires burning across the country. And uh, we're already hearing from some residents in Wisconsin and Minnesota again, that the smoke based on wind patterns is making its way down into the US. So some of you in the upper Midwest, uh, if you're curious as to why these smoke warnings are happening, this is what's happening up there in the Northwest Territories and blowing down. All right, we have a lot more coming up in this podcast, including today's speed read. But first, a bit from our sponsors. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I'm really pumped to have them on board right now, given how much we talk about the importance of mental health on this podcast. Getting over that threshold to talk to a therapist can be tough for many people. I know it was for me, depending on how you grow up and the view of therapy, but talking to someone really helps. It really allowed me to get through some major blocks, get some clarity on things happening in my life, how to process them, move forward. And so we're so glad to have BetterHelp as a sponsor here at Mo News. Right now, BetterHelp is offering a special deal to the Mo News community. If you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. You can visit betterhelp.com slash mosh, M-O-S-H, today to get 10% off your first month. Again, betterhelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash mosh. All right, our next partner here is AG1. Their daily nutritional supplement supports whole body health. I first started drinking AG1 last fall. I've heard it described as nutrition insurance. It ensures you get 75 important ingredients, including tons of vitamins and minerals. It's just one scoop and a glass of water every morning, and you're covered. It also has pre and probiotics to support digestion, gut health. Some in the Monus community have told us that it has also helped them with their mood support, boosted energy levels, and you have seen your skin and hair looking healthier. Right now, with your first purchase of AG1, Athletic Greens is giving Mo News listeners a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs of AG1. You should go right now to drinkag1.com, that is drinkag1.com slash monews to take advantage of this offer. Again, that's drinkag1.com slash monews, M-O-N-E-W-S, for this special deal to really start to take ownership of your health. All right, time now for the speed read from CNN. Hurricane Hillary rapidly intensifying in the Pacific Ocean, southwest of Mexico. And as of this recording Thursday night, it's on track to deliver potentially significant rain and flooding to parts of the southwest this weekend. Hillary is expected to weaken significantly before it reaches the U.S., but there is still this increasing chance of heavy rain and flooding. We're talking potentially two to four inches of rain in Southern California and Southern Nevada from Saturday through Monday, and one to two inches of rain for parts of Arizona and Northern Nevada. 
So this may sound good for an area that has been plagued by drought, but multiple days of heavy rainfall gives the ground little opportunity to absorb moisture and can progressively worsen the flood threat. One climate scientist over at UCLA says, quote, multiple years worth of precipitation could potentially fall in some of California's driest areas, depending on the route this storm takes. One of those places, Death Valley, California, the hottest place on Earth. We've been telling you about it recently as people have been uh, flocking there to take photos in 120 something degree weather. Death Valley typically receives about two inches of rain across an entire year. Moisture from Hillary could unleash enough rain to give Death Valley at least a year's worth of rainfall in a single day. So we're going to be watching this trajectory very closely because it could be very destructive. Around 1,000 people were stranded in Death Valley National Park last August when about one and a half inches fell in 24 hours and unleashed flash flooding. That's the issue. Some of these drought-stricken areas very sorely need the rain. They just don't need it as fast as it would come during one of these storms. So roads were washed away, uh, cars were swept away, and that's something they're very worried about uh, in the coming days in the sort of interior of California, uh, near Nevada there, and uh, Arizona. But despite the flooding danger, that rainfall could help combat the drought, recharge groundwater across some of the very parched regions of the Southwest. The drought conditions have expanded in New Mexico, remain steady in California and Arizona this week. And many people were surprised when they saw this headline over on our Instagram account, Jill, because they're like, wait, hurricanes, California, that's a thing. And typically it's not uh, because a couple things. Typically the water is cooler near the California coast. Hurricanes need warm water to strengthen, to route there. Uh, and the way that the uh, wind conditions work in the Pacific is it really sort of chops off um, hurricanes in most years. But this is an El Nino year which makes it more likely less wind shear in the Pacific, which allows hurricanes to form and do that route up through Baja, California, uh, into the uh, U.S. there. So it's something that we'll watch. If it tracks to the west, that means it could make landfall in like San Diego or L.A. This is a rarity. These things happen once every few decades. Uh, if it tracks more to the east, more interior, then there could be more flooding in the desert, in Arizona, uh, Vegas, etc., mudslide danger. So uh, either way, something that we'll be watching very closely in these uh, next few days here uh, and that people should be taking very seriously out West. From Politico, with the first Republican presidential debate less than a week out, it is a prime moment for how the candidates are preparing stories. Rarely, however, uh, do they look anything like this. So somehow hundreds of pages of detailed memos research and internal polls aimed at guiding Florida Governor Ron DeSantis's debate appearance ended up online. And the advice is certainly revealing. Okay, so here are his four basic must do's for the debate stage, according to these memos. One, Ron DeSantis needs to take a sledgehammer to Vivek Ramaswamy, the political newcomer who is rising in the polls. He should also defend Donald Trump when Chris Christie inevitably attacks the former president. According to these memos, he needs to talk up his own positive agenda. And then he also needs to attack Joe Biden and the media no less than three to five times. So this is from a DeSantis pack with advice for next Wednesday night's debate in Milwaukee. So something to keep in mind here, having covered politics a long time, some leaks are intentional, some leaks are accidental. 
and you can make arguments for both in this case. Political action committees, you mentioned the PACs there, Jill, and campaigns have rules against coordination, which is why you often see leaks, because they'll use the leak to get into the media to communicate with the campaign. And so the question is, is was this a uh, specific leak by the DeSantis PAC to like get to the campaign, being like, we have some ideas, folks. Regardless, still very interesting, not altogether surprising, but interesting that they've decided that he needs to focus on the guy coming up from below as opposed to take down the guy who is leading him by 20 to 30 percent in most states. They see Ramaswamy as a threat here. Uh, He is in third place, verging on second place in some states. And I think they're more worried about DeSantis dropping into third place because he's been the second place guy for a while now. The big question is, does number one show up? Does Trump actually show up? to this Fox-hosted debate on Wednesday night in Milwaukee. The thinking right now, based on multiple reporters tracking the campaign here, is that Trump's campaign advisors say he will not participate. One said it's about 99% that he will not be going on Wednesday night. He does not want to elevate these people. He wants it to look like the kids' table, uh, a bunch of people fighting for you know seconds. Uh, he doesn't want to make sure that millions more people watch and are exposed to these other candidates. He likes his lock in place. And so he's looking at some counter programming. One idea, sitting down with Tucker Carlson, former Fox News host, Tucker Carlson, who now streams a show on Twitter or X. I still can't call it X. I still got to call it Twitter. I'm with you. He's also thinking about calling into Newsmax and One American News Network, the conservative competitors, doing interviews with them uh, and uh, dragging audience away from the debate so people aren't paying attention. And it does not appear like he's getting any closer with Fox News these days. He took to his social media platform, Truth Social, on Thursday to complain about how Fox and Friends, their morning show, was covering him. He posted the following note. They purposely show the worst pictures of me, especially the big orange one with my chin pulled way back. They think they're getting away with something. They're not. Just like 2016 all over again. And they want me to debate? Uh, Keep in mind, two top Fox News executives met with him at his Bedminster Golf Club recently to try to convince him to be in the debate. Uh, Trump complaining about the pictures they're using of him. Jill, we looked at the broadcast on Fox on Thursday. Like, what is he talking about? I posted on Instagram. It's a photo of him kind of like leaning back, but by no means the photos that MSNBC uses of him where he looks really convoluted and orange, but he decided he looked orange there. He also wants Fox to use polls that he thinks exist, that uh, he's dominating Joe Biden. Uh, based on the sort of 20 major polling organizations we watch, including Fox News, they're basically tied. There's like a couple polls from July where he's like a 2% lead, but I, I, it's not clear what he's referring to here. I just appreciate the emotion that you showed while reading that Truth Social post. <laughs> it was very dramatic. <laughs> they purposely show the absolutely worst pictures of me, especially the big, quote, orange one with my chin... I mean, you can kind of imagine him drinking his coffee in the morning, just like angry at these photos. Zero filter. It's like, it's unbelievable. It's a lot. It's a lot before that early in the morning, Jill. I mean, he must be a couple coffees in. But back to the news here, Wednesday night. That's, so, that's sort of right now we expect to be the big, the big story next week. Speaking of Trump uh, from USA Today, he has promised a press conference on Monday to refute the latest charges brought by the Fulton County District Attorney. His legal advisors, though, apparently urging him to cancel, saying that it could cause him even more criminal problems. Yeah, things are serious now with those four indictments. Trump likes to fight in the court of public opinion, so to speak, by going on attack 
uh, by telling his viewpoint. But now that there's actual criminal indictments and he faces trials, his lawyers are saying, and you know this from Miranda writes, anything you say can be used against you. So please say less. Um, so we'll see if he actually comes out. He actually put a time on this 11 a.m. Monday. Uh, and it does come as the Republican governor, DeSantis, Pence, basically everyone around him in major Republican capacities have said there have been multiple investigations, no major fraud in Georgia. Stop saying it or you need to prove it in a court of law. Jill, in the other election interference case, we should mention, by the way, it popped as we were recording this podcast in the federal one, the Jack Smith election interference, January 6th case. Trump attorneys late Thursday proposed a new trial date for that one. Uh, Jack Smith wants to start it in January 2024. Trump wants to start it in 2026. He says he needs two and a half years. They had two and a half years to prep the case. He wants two and a half years to prep his defense. Okay, separately, the names, pictures, and even the home addresses of the Georgia grand jurors who had indicted Trump are now circulating online. Authorities are rushing to try to identify the origin of any credible threats against the jurors. For example, a user of a fringe social media site posted purported names, rough ages, and addresses of the jurors this week. A verified user on X, as we're calling it, the platform formerly known as Twitter, posted pictures of three jurors on Tuesday, and then an anonymous user called that list of jurors a hit list, um, according to at least one group called Media Matters for America. Yeah, this is one of the concerns with the multiple Trump trials here is keeping uh, people working on the case safe. The Fulton County Sheriff's Office issued a statement saying they're working with federal authorities, local authorities to identify the origin of threats against jurors. In contrast to anonymous federal grand jurors, Georgia has a policy of including the names of grand jurors, uh, but with no personal identifying information in its indictments. Either way, people online have started to figure out who these people are. The disclosure of these names is something known as doxing. If you've heard that, it's online harassment, aggregating information taken from databases, legal officials, former federal prosecutors saying this concerns them uh, around the indictment, the fact that, you know, people associated with the case uh, aren't able to make fair decisions when it comes to legal matters because of the potential for public threat here. Uh, And that's been one of the reasons why you've seen the federal judges trying to warn uh, Trump and his people uh, around threats online because there are people out there who will take this stuff seriously. There was an arrest this week in one case, a woman in Texas threatening uh, Tanya Chutkin, the uh, judge in the election interference case, uh, literally left her a voicemail saying, I'm going to kill you if Trump uh, isn't elected. And uh, they have now arrested this woman. So that's always the concern is this information in the hands of people who might do something bad with it. All right, now it's my favorite story of the day from the New York Times. Can't hear the dialogue in your streaming show? You're not alone. In the streaming era, as video consumption shifts from movie theaters toward content shrunk down for televisions, tablets, and smartphones, making the dialogue crisp and clear has become the entertainment world's toughest technology challenge. About 50% of Americans and the majority of young people watch videos with subtitles on most of the time. This is according to surveys, in large part because they are struggling to decipher what actors are saying. Uh, I'm raising my hands here because I am one of those people. I don't know if I'm a young person, but I'm one of those people who who watches with subtitles. Oh, you're a young person, Jill. We do it also here at the Mo News Home Office. Actually, I didn't do it until I met Alex and we started dating. And she's like, you don't watch TV shows with captions on? It's a game changer. And I was like, really? And now I'm fully converted. 
Well, because you can catch everything. So you, I, I think you just don't yes. realize how much you're missing. But there are a lot of factors at play just uh, in terms of figuring out what these actors are saying. In big movie productions, there are professional sound mixers who calibrate audio levels for traditional theaters that have these huge, robust speaker systems. But when you stream that content through an app on a TV or a smartphone, the audio is compressed and it has to carry the sound through these tiny, relatively weak speakers. And it doesn't help that TVs keep getting thinner and more minimal in design. And so to emphasize the picture, a lot of modern flat screen TVs hide their speakers, blasting the sound away from the viewer's ears. So we're not crazy, Mosh. I I feel like this makes me feel so much better. No, you got to bring back the tube TVs. That's the last time you had speakers on the front. By the way, this is a uh, promotion for my brother who does home theater installation and surround sound in the uh, Chicagoland area, but is willing to travel. Uh, He'll ensure that you don't have this problem. But it also entails like, putting speakers behind you, putting speakers in your ceiling, like, you know, the the way that they build it for a theater. So this is a challenge. There are also some issues that are specific to streaming. Unlike broadcast television programs, which must adhere to regulations that forbid them from exceeding specific loudness levels, there are no rules for streaming apps. So sound may be wildly inconsistent. You might have noticed this from app to app. So if you watch a show over on Amazon Prime Video, then switch to a movie on Netflix, you probably have to repeatedly adjust your volume settings. It's not streamlined. As for solutions, besides watching TV with subtitles, of course, as we're both doing, an add-on speaker will help. They can cost, listen, you can buy cheap ones. You can buy super expensive ones. You can spend a hundred bucks. You can spend thousands of dollars. You can hire my brother. (laughs) Uh, DM me if you need him. But if you don't want to spend money to fix the sound on the TV, some tech companies are starting to build their own dialogue enhancers into their streaming apps. And so in April, Amazon began rolling out a feature called Dialogue Boost. But for now, it's just available in a small number of shows. Uh, Apparently, in this piece, they suggest not playing with the sound settings on your TV, uh, leaving them as is. Even though, Jill, I feel like the TVs have so many sound settings. I've definitely done that a few times. There's always like movie quality (laughs) sound, sports quality sound. Um, don't know how effective that is, but some people suggest against that. Uh, but I guess the solution these days, Jill, is join the 50% of us that are watching with subtitles. I happen to love the subtitles. I'm sticking with it. All right, from NBC, the most clicked on story when it came to entertainment news in our newsletter on Thursday, Sam Asghari cited irreconcilable differences in his petition for divorce from singer Britney Spears. This is according to the filing obtained on Thursday. The petition was filed in the Superior Court of Los Angeles, and it also states that Ascari will seek spousal support from his estranged wife. Ascari, who is 29 years old, is requesting that the 41-year-old Spears pay for his attorney's fees. Uh, Ascari posting a statement to his Instagram on Thursday afternoon that he and Spears decided to, quote, end their journey together after six years of love and commitment. He writes, we will hold on to the love and respect we have for each other. I wish her the best always. He wrote, shit happens. Asking for privacy seems ridiculous. Uh, So I will just ask everyone, including the media, to be kind and thoughtful. Meanwhile, uh, Spears, the most specific she's gotten um, based on the last post is a post on Instagram that she says she wants to buy a horse now. And uh, she was figuring out the name for the horse. And that's amid some of her more risque Instagram posts, if you've been following her account lately. It has been a bit concerning to see some of her posts of late. A little background here. Spears and Ascari met on the set of one of her music videos back in 2016. 
began dating. They announced their engagement in 2021. They then got married just last summer. This marriage lasted just about a year here. She, of course, was under the conservatorship for 13 years uh, under her dad going back to 08. Uh, So some of this dating um, happened while she was still under the conservatorship. That ended in November 2021. uh, And so she didn't have legal authority to get married at that time, make major contract decisions. Once the conservatorship ends, that allowed her to get married here to Ascari. And then, unfortunately, it appears it is over now. And finally, from Deadline, U.S. women's national team soccer coach Vladko Andonovsky has resigned after failing to lead the squad past the round of 16 at the FIFA Women's World Cup. The powerhouse U.S. team had previously never done worse than third place in the tournament, and we're going for a third consecutive title and fifth overall win this year. Yeah, he took over just after their championship, after winning the World Cup in 2019. So after winning their second straight one. So he was involved in leading them through all of this prep into this, what turned out to be a very disappointing performance this summer down there in Australia and New Zealand. Many people were questioning his strategy, his reliance on players like Megan Rapinoe, who hadn't played much before the tournament and seemed off in her play. Uh, uh, Either way, it appears they're going to be hitting reset here on the Women's World Cup soccer team. All right, it is Friday. Cheers to the freaking weekend. It's time for what we are watching, reading, and eating. And sticking with the World Cup, I'll kick it off with what I am watching. The World Cup final, England versus Spain. It's the first time that both of these teams have been in the finals. Spain is slightly favored to win the match Sunday at 6 a.m. Eastern time. You waking up early there, Jill, or are you going to watch it delayed? I'm actually usually up about then with the baby. Maybe, you know, I'll probably miss the first half, but uh, all the actions in the second half anyway. Well, it depends on the matchup. Sometimes you get all the goals in the first half, Jill. So you can see the highlights, though, in the halftime show. The Spanish team has been very exciting to watch, uh, though the England team, very strong. So very evenly matched. And it's very cool that we will have a first-time winner this year since neither uh, squad has won the World Cup before. Uh, I will also be watching on Sunday. Uh, one of the other shows I'm getting into this weekend, or I'm hoping to get into, is Painkiller over on Netflix. It's a series with Matthew Broderick uh, going into the U.S. opioid crisis. Though I have been reading some fact checks in advance. It appears there are sections of this related to the Sacklers and Purdue Pharma that are dramatized. So keep that in mind if you've been watching it. But uh, there's been a lot of buzz. So looking forward to watching that as well. All right, Mosh, what are you reading this weekend? So... Jill, uh, there's an interesting piece that caught my attention uh, that I'd like to get into over uh, at one of our favorite websites, The Atlantic, The Atlantic Monthly. They have a piece, How We Got Mean in America. Um, How Did We Get So Mean? Feels like a, isn't there a Taylor Swift song to that effect? Mosh, you are correct. She has a song called Mean. It's in her Speak Now album back in 2010. Look at you. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So that's the theme in America. These days, it's like, you got to be so... Anyway, uh, I won't sing it. I'm going to read the piece. I'll let you know how it is. I will say, as an addendum to this section, what I'm not reading this weekend is an AI-generated counterfeit book. This is a huge uh, story that popped this week. All these AI books, AI-generated books that are spamming Amazon. Uh, A lot of people noticed this week that within two days of the fires in Hawaii, there was a nearly 100-page book about the Maui fires already on Amazon. People are like, how is that? How is that even possible? So it appears there's these AI-generated books that have AI-generated reviews, and they're confusing and messing with the Amazon algorithm. 
Uh, and it's a huge issue right now, especially to independent writers and frankly, everybody who wants to get a legit book and doesn't want it to come through the mail and realize that a, a computer wrote it and it's just spam. Jill, what are you reading? Okay, a book that is definitely not spam. Um, it is the latest pick for my book club. It's called The Five Star Weekend by Ellen Hildebrand. I I'm very late to the game here. Almost everyone else in my book club has read it already and says it's awesome. So uh, I will be trying to catch up. All right, now to our favorite section, what we're eating. Jill, you go first. Okay, so I am going to a wine tasting and I'm pretty excited. It's with a bunch of the parents in this, my neighborhood. I have never been to a wine tasting before. Um, I imagine you just sort of like sniff a bunch of wines. I've been to wineries, so I guess it's somewhat similar. But um, this is in, in someone's backyard, and, and I'm pretty excited about it. Jill, it's your own version of Sideways, and you're going to you know come away from it being like, oh, <laughs> that has uh, these types of tannins. Or wait, you're grouping that Bordeaux with that steak? We'll see how advanced your knowledge is from uh, from one of these, uh, but it sounds like a sounds like a liquid weekend for you. Well, as opposed to what I do now, when someone's like, "What kind of wine? You know, what are you in the mood for?" I'm just like, "White or <laughs> you know, red." <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna advance the palate, uh, as as they say. Mosh, what are you eating this weekend? It's not very healthy. You're going wine. I'm going ice cream. Uh, <laughs> we discovered this new brand, I should say Alex did, uh, over, I think, in a recent Whole Foods run, uh, Adirondack Creamery Syrian Date and Walnut Ice Cream. So it's a Syrian Date and Walnut flavor. Um, I love it. And uh, what's cool about it is the brand actually donates 50% of their proceeds to Syrian refugees. There's still millions of them. And so, you know, I'm enjoying ice cream and also ensuring that at least some money is going to charity there. We'll link to it in the show notes. And I should mention, I'll probably be breaking that out as I uh, continue to put together our baby gear here. Last weekend, I did the um, crib. This weekend, the goal is to put the stroller together. The stroller should not be that hard. It's not that hard. It's more learning the advanced ways of like closing it and opening it, closing it and opening it. Uh, like, you know, hopefully you can do it with one hand. So it's, it's the, I think they make them very easy to put together now. It's more a matter of just kind of like learning the configurations so I don't have to deal with a future scenario where like you're holding the kid and you can't open it up, <laughs> or you can't fold it up. That's definitely going to happen, by the way. That's just there kind of par for the course. So it's less putting it together and more kind of running um, traps, like running like drills <laughs> on how quickly I can open it and close it. I'm just picturing you, Mosh, on the streets of Brooklyn, like with a stuffed animal in the stroller, Alex timing you. <laughs> How yes. quickly can you right, open go, this? Go, 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 go. <laughs> you did that in 5.2 seconds. Can we get it to four seconds? Can we get it to four seconds? Though I, some of the videos I like the, the most, Jill, on Reels or on um, TikTok are when you drop off your stroller um, at uh, the end of the gate as you board a plane, and then you watch the you know various uh, folks on the ground, the ground <laughs> agents trying to fold up the stroller. People like watching from the window as like nine dudes <laughs> on the tarmac are trying to like close your stroller. All right, Moshe, it sounds like we both got some uh, interesting stuff going on this weekend. We want to thank everyone for listening to the Mo News podcast. If you like what you hear, share this with your friends. We'd really appreciate it. It will help us grow. It might make you look smart. Follow us and subscribe so you don't miss an episode and review us in the App Store. See you all next week. Thanks for listening to the Mo News Podcast.